Welcome to the Speed Data Podcast. Join Sarah Payne, our events manager, on our chemistry crusade as we aim to demystify dating, romance, relationships, and everything in between. Today, we are talking to the UK's number one dating coach, James Priest. We're going to talk all about cuffing season. We're going to talk about dating and all things that make a successful relationship. Welcome, James Priest, to the Speed Data Podcast. How are you today? I'm really good, thank you. I'm really good. Been a very busy day, but I've been looking forward to this one. Helping lots of singles, I'm sure. I have been all over the world today. Two in America, two in London. Oh, wow. So you help everyone all over the world. I do. People seem to need me more than ever, so I help people whenever I can. That's amazing. So they just reach out to you and then you do sort of Zoom interactions? I do. I do mainly Zoom calls nowadays. I do do face-to-face ones in person sometimes, but mainly it's over Zoom, which means I can reach people all over the world. So I'm quite blessed with that. What do you prefer, doing it in person or on Zoom? I guess it's the same sort of thing now, isn't it? It is. I, I really enjoy doing Zoom because it allows people to be in the privacy of their own homes when they feel more comfortable and open to talking to me. But I do miss the face-to-face interactions. Yeah, I guess that's true, isn't it? You can sort of, if you're in your home environment, you sort of feel more secure and more confident, don't you, to speak more openly about how you're feeling. And I think you sort of have the digital there as a barrier sometimes as well. I think it can be, but I I do enjoy occasionally meeting people for a real life coffee and over face to face and it makes it more real then to me because they, they're real people. Yeah, and I think as well, especially if you're dating, you want it to be face-to-face as well, don't you? Because you sort of get everyone's mannerisms and the way they are. You do. You can tell a lot about a person from their body language and the way that they breathe, which you can't always pick up over the camera. Absolutely. So I wanted to have a chat to you today about a few different things, um, but mainly about sort of tips and, you know, as a dating expert, tips that you can give speed data listeners um obviously the podcast is relatively new and we're just trying to get lots of different advice for singles in different ways they want to date and so we can help and support them but the first topic that i wanted to talk to you as we're coming into it now is about cuffing season and about what you think about it and you know whether it is a real thing that people sort of get to winter time and want to to find a person asap Great question. I used to think that cuffing season was purely just a marketing PR stunt that didn't really exist. But I've come to notice, particularly this year, that people really are wanting to hook up with someone more than ever. They're feeling the cold, feeling the loneliness more than ever. And they want to be with someone as they approach the end of the year. So I'm seeing a lot of that more than ever. So my thoughts of it it is a real thing overplayed by by the press really to get stories out of it but I think it is quite a valid thing people do feel lonely at any point of the year and they do feel we need to to meet somebody but when it gets darker and the clocks go back people do feel that more than ever and they feel the pressure that Christmas is coming up just around the corner as well and that's not far away now absolutely do you think that people it may rush people into sort of settling for something maybe that isn't right for them because they feel that need to be uh, settled in winter and you know people go out less and they want someone to have Netflix and you know more chill out evenings with do you think people might rush to get into a relationship absolutely people are doing that they are they really want to do this now thinking well 
it'd be nice to have someone to spend the holidays with, spend the winter and the autumn with them. But it allows them to make very bad choices because they're settling for the sake of it. And settling, as we all know, never really works out in the long term. So you are having a bit of company now, which is absolutely fine. That's all you want. But if you want a long-term relationship, it's always best to focus now on quality rather than quantity and just be with the right person. And if it means being single for another month or so, then hold out. Otherwise, you're wasting your time with the wrong person when your energy could be spent meeting better quality matches who will give you more chance of a future. Absolutely. There's a saying, isn't there, that goes, um, I'm trying to think of it now, that if you don't make long-term choices on short-term feelings, it's something like that. It's um, it's a saying that, you know, don't make, don't make long-term decisions based on temporary feelings, for example. So don't let, yeah. you know, your environment sway you into settling for someone that might not be right for you just because, especially if you have a lot of friends in relationships and, you know, they want to say, oh, we're staying in tonight and not wanting to do things. I think it is, is more difficult to be uh, single in the winter than I think it is in the summer. It definitely is. But the problem with this is once you enter into a relationship and it goes past a few months, it's harder to get out of it because you become used to it. You, you become almost cushioned and you overlook problems that are there. So it's once you start doing this, it's a dangerous game to get into because it will hang on to you to next year. Many breakups happen actually around Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day, not just because people are cuffing up or being with the wrong person, but because they don't want to spend any more time with them buying them presents. Because <laughs> if, you, if you date someone now, you've got to buy them a present, haven't you? And it can be expensive. So you're absolutely right. Make decisions now that are going to be for the long term rather than just how you're feeling, just to sort of scratch an itch. <laughs> a temporary thing. I think that would be really heartbreaking when it's to be broken up with on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I think that's a, a pretty brutal yeah. time to end a relationship. It's not very festive, is it? It's not. But is it better to do that, do you think? Or to go through the motions and then end it the week later? Then they're going to say, well, what was that all about? Why were you pretending to be something that you weren't? If you're, if you're not feeling it, let them know well in advance of Christmas Eve. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like you're saying, if it's not a permanent thing, and I think it's about communication. If, if sometimes you can tell that one person is more invested than another, it might be worth sitting down and having that conversation that you're both on the same page. Because I think that's where the confusion comes in, isn't it? That one person's on a different page thinking they're in a serious, committed relationship and taking them home to meet their family for Christmas and the other person maybe is just in cuffing season spirit and, you know, just wanted a little bit of company for the late, cold nights. <laughs> that's all they want. And it ends up in a, in a situationship, which, as you know, is not a good place to be because it means you are confused about what's happening and you're not in a relationship. You're not really dating. I had this today with a client, actually, exactly the same thing. She's been seeing someone for five months, never really gone on a proper date, no talks about the future, no romantic text, only text her like the night before, can I come over? And she wants to make it work, but she's just confused. People don't define things. And people are scared sometimes to define relationships as well. They don't want to be the one to make the first move and say how they're really feeling. But it can lead to a lot of misunderstandings if you're not clear. So you're absolutely right. Go in with clear communication. If something's bothering you, then nip it in the bud early on. If you only see this as a temporary thing, let them know and you can just be more chilled out about it. But if you start to catch feelings now as you head towards Christmas and then ultimately Valentine's Day, it can be quite a dangerous time because no one wants to be messing with people's feelings. Absolutely. I um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
I listened. You've caught my <clears throat> I have. It's contagious. <laughs> um, I actually <laughs> listened to a podcast that was really interesting to me with Lewis Howells. Um, I think he's like yeah. a life coach. Um, and he mm -hmm. said that in the first three months of his relationship with his current partner, they went to couples counseling. And I found this really interesting working in the dating industry that they went at the beginning of the relationship and hashed everything out before the issues began. And I thought, actually, I think that is a really great idea to know mm -hmm. that you're both on the same page, how to negotiate, how to work through difficulties, how to work through problems with it. I actually think that it should be done more maybe. And I think maybe there will be less breakdown of communications within relationships towards, you know, the six month mark, the 12 month mark, if people knew from the start how to communicate with each other. I absolutely agree with you. Sometimes, well, I work as a coach for many different dating agencies. And sometimes people do work with me right from the start when they meet somebody because they want to make sure that it's got a good chance of lasting. But I think the right time to do it is probably about three months in. Let things happen naturally to start with. Get to know each other without any pressure. And when you're sure this is something that you want, something that's going to be committed and, and a future with it, then get an expert in to help you work through this. Because you're right, just discussing issues before they even come up can be a great thing. But it could be too early if we're just casually dating and not really sure that it's even going to be worth the investment and the time. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's where it, the communication is key in the beginning of something to be that you both saying, oh, I'm looking for a serious commitment or I'm just looking for someone to spend the winter evenings with or, you know. And I think that's my, my personal opinion is, you know, I'm not totally against it, but the dating apps as has made dating very disposable. You know, I'm a big preacher of meeting in real life and dating in real life, but I think the apps have made things, you know, when there's a breakdown in communication, ship, communication or relationships, you know, it's so easy to just get yourself back out there and meet people again with the apps now that I think maybe it stops people from working on relationships maybe and, you know, trying to, to navigate through things and, and not being on to the next, as you say. It does. The grass is always greener. And often it's easier to try and escape and meet someone else than put any effort in to what's working and what's not working. Because people could be easily distracted. Maybe they're not getting the validation, not feeling wanted. They go back on the apps again just to get a bit of attention. And many people do this at the start of a relationship. They're still casually dating other people, which is fine. But when you're in a relationship, there's no need to go on there to get an ego boost or to see what else is out there. But I've heard of people that are going out on first dates and it hasn't really worked out. And when the person nips to a toilet, there they are playing on their phone, getting another match lined up already and interacting with new people. Dating is so disposable and it's disrespectful to do that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the apps have made dating very disposable. I think the apps are great for casual things. If you just want to have a bit of fun with someone, 100% go for the apps. But I think if you're looking for long-lasting relationships, which I think most people are now, I think especially after the mm. pandemic, it really taught people that human you know, connections and human interaction is probably the most important thing that you can have, you know, above materialism and money and a job and career. I think at the end of it, that's all anyone wants now, isn't it? To find, you know, a connection with someone and have and share their lives with someone, I think. Very much agree. I've noticed that trend as well. People are much more serious now about meeting one person rather than just whether they can get that particular week. And no one wants to be... <clears throat> excuse me, no one wants to be bubbled up with the wrong person or to be in any sort of relationship with the wrong person. So lots of breakups happened during the pandemic and over the last couple of years as well. People that weren't happy 
But now people are thinking, do you know what? I really want to meet someone and go forward with this. But it has to be the right person. So people are using dating apps less than they were before. People are actually spending more money on some dating apps sometimes, sometimes of the year. But now overall, the overall numbers are down. But I always believe that face-to-face -face is going to be the secret. That's where you're going to have that connection. Because there's no filters face-to-face. -face. There's no swiping on people based on height, based on age. They don't know these, these, these details. So face-to-face, -face, like events, like members clubs, whatever it might be, go out there and meet people as much as you can. People that are nervous to do this, but it really can work because it can help you flirt and interact and just make better connections overall. I agree with you completely, 100% about meeting in real life because you understand the chemistry with someone. You want to, you know, someone that you see on an app, they're not able to make you laugh. They're not able to sort of judge your character and you're not able to see, obviously you can meet on an app and talk first and then meet in person, but it's that mystery of not knowing anything about someone. I think it's almost that excitement of, you know, meeting in, in a certain way or meeting in person that you don't get from looking at a phone. Don't, you're not judging someone based on a bad picture. You're judging them based on reality. And there's no tricky angles and no filters in real life. So it works out much better. And if people can hold a conversation and they've got a bit of charm, a bit of, com bit of banter, they're going to do so much better in real life than they are over the apps. And they've got to be creative and think about what they're going to say next and have a conversation. On the apps, you have a conversation. You start the conversation off and then the next day you carry on. And then that evening you might have another couple of lines. And it's so slowed down. In real life, a real conversation can last 10 minutes or two hours, but it doesn't take several weeks. Have you had that experience where you talk to someone on the apps and it just goes on forever? You never actually Yeah, it's like them? a pen pal, isn't it? You know, one of our slogans, I, yeah. I believe, is actually not another pen, you know, not wanting another pen pal. Because, you know, sometimes it is really nice to sit, you know, have a phone conversation and, and message people and get to know someone. You know, that can be nice and that exciting when your phone goes off sort of feeling. Um, mm -hmm. But that's only, you can only do that for so long until you meet in real life. I think, you know, one or two weeks is enough. I would say a week. And then arrange to meet. And I think... Sometimes as well, people can be keyboard warriors and then when you meet them in person, they're not the same. Um, no. so. I always recommend the middle ground though. I think you should try and meet someone relatively quickly if you go on the dating apps. Otherwise, they might be talking to someone else and you might miss the opportunity. You strike while the iron is hot, while the interest is there. But I always recommend a 10-minute phone call. Always recommend that. That way you'll know if someone's serious, then you can arrange a date on that 10-minute call if you like the sound of them or not. But it's a great filter having a conversation. And people are scared to do that. And you're right, pen pals are very, very common now. And I tell people that every single day not to engage with this because people are scared. They're waiting for the right time to ask them out and they're just having conversations. But then you end up in the situation and you're texting them, how was your day? Good evening, what have you been up to? Boring conversations that you don't need to have until you're actually invested in somebody. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I always, when I'm giving advice for speed dating or, you know, using the apps. I think quickfire question round is such a good way to get to know someone of asking questions completely. You know, what was your childhood like? How did you grow up? What's your family like? You know, getting to the nitty gritty straight away because you get to know someone's character, whether they're reserved, whether they're shy, whether they're a private person, whether they're open. You know, like you said, there's no point in saying, oh, how was your day again today? Well, mine was good. How was yours? Oh, well, mine was stressful today. I had a hard day at work. And yes, it's important <laughs> to check in, but when you're getting to know someone, you want to know the exciting things. And, you know, the honeymoon period is all about getting to know somebody. And I think, you know, 
I think you're right about confidence and getting that 10 minute phone conversation in as well to sort of know if there is any connection there because you might get on the phone and then find you have actually nothing to talk about and then if you you know what if you can't last the 10 minute phone conversation it's going to be even harder when you try and meet you know for that first drink or first activity you're absolutely right I think the sexiest thing that you can have in any sort of connection is a sense of humor yep if you can make each other's laugh and you get on the same wavelength, then that is going to be all guns blazing from that point. If you make a joke and they don't understand it, or you misfire, then you're not aligned. That's not ever going to work out. So if you're a bit cheeky, you make a cheeky comment to someone and they respond back, great, you're going to really get on. If they're too serious, then then it's not aligned, are you? 100%. And I think, I think that's what people misunderstand as well that they look for certain tick boxes of the wrong things in people. And then because they've got these tick boxes, they try and substitute for the other things. And mostly a lot of them are important. For example, like laughing together, someone being funny, the way that you click together, you know, as long as someone's got the good job and, you know, the height on them or, you know, the way they look certain, go to the gym or certain lifestyle, which I know is important to people, but I think sometimes people substitute the wrong things and and settle for someone that they're not actually compatible with. And, you know, I think me and you will be on 100% the same page of this. If someone likes you, you'll know. If someone wants to spend time with you, they will. And I think that's sometimes the hardest pill to swallow, isn't it, when you really like someone and they don't like you back. And, you know, you'll keep trying to be, like you're saying, you had a client that you know, keeps answering the calls and keeps answering the text, but hasn't been taken on a date yet. And, you know, I think that is the hardest pill to swallow, sorry, when you really like somebody that they just don't feel the same way back. And I think that's really hard because you keep trying and keep trying. And, you know, you always end up feeling probably quite deflated from that. You do, because everyone's hopeful when you first meet people. And, you make excuses for that person. You think, well, they must be really busy or they've got a difficult time or they've just been away. But how hard is it if someone likes you to have a, a two-minute conversation or a, or a quick text just to say, I'm checking in with you or I'm going to speak to you in a couple of days or see you soon? But what happens is if people can't be bothered to see you. They're not interested. They're just not going to contact you. And it's if you're doing all the chasing all the time, I would take that as a hint and think, do you know what? I'm better off just saving my pride and my dignity and going to find someone that does want to respond to me. I can guarantee you that if you're in the right energy space, someone will want to spend time with you. And wasting time on the wrong people is definitely not the way to move forwards and to help you. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, sometimes like they say, you just have to put these things to bed. You just have to accept that you're not compatible with that person. And it's nothing to do with you. It's to do with them and that you aren't compatible. And I think that's important for people that get you know, dating is really hard, as we both know, and it's really hard sometimes to watch people navigate through that journey because they get really deflated and they think that it's them and they start to question their worth and they, you know, I'm going to be alone forever and I'm going to be single forever and it is really hard to watch sometimes. But like they say, it is very true when you do meet the right person, they'll give you the right energy, they'll give you the right, you know attention that you need they'll be able to support you and you'll be and things will just be naturally easy they shouldn't be difficult and I think if dating is difficult you're with the wrong person completely it's about respect if someone's showing you respect and making you realize that you're a priority not the priority because when you're getting to know someone to start with other things in my life will be the priority but if they're making time for you making you feel special and showing you they're interested that's all you really need to start with and that will grow over time 
But if someone's already disrespecting you by not getting back in touch with you, not wanting to see you, cancelling plans, which is a very, very common one, or not willing to actually take you out on a physical date, <laughs> or to see you in, in certain times of the week, then forget them. You're better off finding someone that is compatible. He will give you that energy that you really need that is going to make you happy. Otherwise, you're just settling for something that's never going to, going to last. It's going to give you further heartbreak along the way. Absolutely. And I, and I know you work closely with clients in terms of like building their confidence and making them confident being happy alone, I guess, because that's the most important thing is that you should, yeah. you know, as dating experts, we shouldn't be coaching people to find somebody because, you know, you're then preparing someone to be, it's almost like when you're younger and you're being prepared for fairy tales again, you know, you've got to grow up and get married and find Prince Charming. And, you know, I think we should be in drilling in people being like, make yourself happy and find things that you enjoy to do and everything else will come naturally. And I think that some people can get really consumed and upset with, you know, dating failures when really they should be looking at it as, you know, another experience you have that in every aspect of your life, you know, sometimes a job isn't right for you that you loved and, you know, you take that into every, you know, avenue of your life. I think that that's really important skill to learn is, how to make yourself happy and be alone happy. And then when someone else comes to the table, you're not relying on them for, the, for happiness. You can't rely on someone else for that because that means they take it away from you for a second. You're going to feel very dejected and very, really, really bad. But there's a couple of things that you said there that really do resonate. I think you have to have your own self-confidence and be the best version of you to start with. One of the worst bit of dating advice you're probably going to hear is, just be you, be yourself, which is absolutely true. But it's not about being yourself. It's being the best version of you you possibly can be. Having a great life, an interesting life. If you sit around watching Netflix all day and don't do anything, then how is just being you going to attract the right person? Make yourself interesting. Go out and learn interesting things. Increase your social circle by attending talks, attending events, doing different things. You'll be a much more interesting person. And people will naturally be drawn to you and want to spend more time with you. That's all it is. That's all the secret is. Just be love yourself, which is very easy to say but it comes with practice and then when you're ready for it you will attract the right person because i think this person sounds absolutely amazing there's so much about them i want to get to know more 100 percent. you know you're saying hitting the nail right on the head there was saying the most important thing is you know being the best version of yourself and i think it's really important now to learn new skills and to put yourself out your comfort zone and do things that you wouldn't usually do because you can get so stuck in a routine that you know, you need to break that sometimes and find new adventures and, and new things to do in life. Because like you're saying, you're not going to meet anyone if you just sit in and watch Netflix all the time and swipe on your phone on the dating apps. You have to get out there. You have to put yourself out there. And I think that's the thing is sometimes I'll speak to people and I'm saying, what are you doing differently? Like, what are you, how are you trying to meet people? Because if one way isn't working, you need to change and try another you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. People do, though. They go on the dating app, they join one dating app, try it for two weeks, give up on it, delete it. Next week, they reinstall it or go on a different app. They keep doing the same thing over and over again without ever improving their profile, or their pictures or the way they're doing it. So you're right, doing the same thing over and over again is never going to help. But you're right, change things up. Go to some events, talk to your friends, socialise more, increase your social circle. Go to the gym, do whatever it takes just to reboot yourself. And when you can do that, you'll have a happier life and you'll feel better about yourself and you'll, you'll be challenged more. If there's no challenge in dating and you're just bored by it and the people that you're meeting, then do something different that makes you feel a bit nervous. 
It should be nervous excitement, though, not just nervous and scared, because dating ultimately is supposed to be fun. And people forget that. They see it as a chore. But there's no reason to feel it that way, because do what you want to do, live your life your way, but make sure that you're doing something that helps you work towards your goal, whatever it might be. If it's to meet someone, then do something about it. Book two events a week. Try a dating app. Ask your friends to introduce you to their friends. Do something about it. Small steps can make a big difference. How do you navigate with clients uh, when people give you a certain type? Because this is something that really interests me in dating is that people have a type in terms of a criteria or a type that they're looking for. And I think it's important sometimes to try and express to people that maybe look for a different type of person that, you know, if you're going for your stereotypical type and it's not working out, you know, maybe try dating other people. What what do you think about it when people come to you with a certain type um, of person, like criteria that they're looking for? There are a few things when it comes to criteria that are important. For example, if someone's really into their fitness and their health, they'll take that seriously. There's no point in dating someone who's a chain smoker, for example, if all you want to do is be healthy and go to the gym. That's credible. If you've got a religious reason, maybe even dietary reason you want to meet someone, they are perfectly valid. Even education to some way can be valid. Although people that are completely other end of a spectrum, someone never went to university, someone that did, they can still get on, have a great relationship. A, a builder can get on well with someone that works as a CEO. doesn't make a difference. But overall, type is a load of nonsense because you're basing it on fantasy and past experiences. And the past experiences you've had with these people haven't worked out. That's why you are where you are now. So the more you open up your criteria, attraction is important. You can't fake attraction, but for some people... They are attracted to intelligence, to sense of humor, to success in life, to passion. It doesn't have to be just be about looks. But the more you are open to this, the more you out, think outside your box, the more chance you have of making this work. Because for a lot of people, we are nervous, we are scared <coughs> when it comes into new relationships. So it takes a while to get to know people. So give them the best chance you possibly can. Go on several dates, do different things and get to know them. Because type, quite often, from my experience when it comes to this, people always say, do you know what? If I'd have picked my partner or my husband or my wife from a dating app, I never would have swiped on them. In reality, they've met them a different way and they've really got on giving them a chance. What do you think about it? I think we like, I'm 100% agreeing with you again about the religion or like a fitness, you know, is someone that's getting up and going to the gym six days a week and eats a certain lifestyle. There's lifestyle choices that you have to align with someone. Mm. Religious reasons, absolutely. Um, ways of life, you know, some people might be a total outdoorsy, want to go camping at weekends, you know, hiking at mountains. Another person just wants to sit and go to the pub, go to restaurants indoors, you know, not an outdoorsy person. So I think that sort of compatibility in terms of criteria, yes, I think you need to be aligned with certain things. But I think like you're saying, the general type of, you know, I want a tall, handsome, you know, got a good job that sort of thing or you know I want her to look a certain way and behave a certain way and stay at home and be a housewife or you know just these certain types of stereotypical types like you're saying I think need to be sort of nipped in the bud with people and given you know ex expressed to people that you should be looking for personality. Yes, attraction is important, but you have to be aligned with values, I think. Values are very important, and I think you should listen to them. I was going to say that, yeah. Values and life yeah. goals. If your plan is to have children in the next couple of years and their plan is to move away to America forever, you're not going to be aligned on that. 
If you want to live by the country and they want to go and live at the seaside, not going to work out either. So these are conversations you need to have quite early on with people to make sure that you are aligned on your values, on your life choices, life, future life plans, and also your personality, like you said, because personality can win everyone over, no matter what you look like. I'm watching an amazing program at the moment on Netflix called oh, Love is Blind. Yes, yes, that? yes, yes. We'll talk more. I've just, yeah, I've just started watching that. I'm absolutely obsessed with that. I wish they'd do a UK version with me presenting it, of course. <laughs> That's my goal. And I love it because people go on there and they, they have no expectations because they can't see each other. But then quite often, because they're shallow, it doesn't work out in real life because they haven't got the attraction. But when you really are willing to give your heart to this and the process, then at least in the first series, sometimes it just does work. Because all they did put themselves in a situation that they felt uncomfortable with, gave it a bit of a gamble, and it paid off. If it doesn't pay off, I so what? I found this show fascinating. I watched season one and season two. I haven't watched season three yet. It's on my... Don't spoil season okay, two. Okay, okay. So season one and season two, we'll, I'll base it all off season one. Um, season one was really interesting for me because a few of the characters fell for the same person. Um, so that was really interesting to me to see the, you know, behind closed doors that they didn't, that they didn't see each other, that they just fell for their personalities. And I think that that's really interesting because I think a few of the couples actually stayed together from season one. Um, they did. They, they have but a it's amazing because we did now. blindfold speed dating a few years ago, just before the pandemic. And it was the best event I've ever done. Because I watched people interact like I'd never seen before at speed dating. Because usually it can be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes when people are meeting for the first time, if you don't have that instant click. Um, not all the time, but watching this event, people blindfolded, not knowing they were like holding hands across the table, laughing, talking. Wow. And it was such a difference in the way that people were communicating when you took away sight from it. And afterwards, everyone stuck around, chatted, was like, it was like a social experiment, but it was just a normal event that I planned to see how it worked. And it was incredible to watch. And I think the same is with Love and Blind. Love is Blind. Obviously, attraction is very important. But when you take it away, it's amazing what you learn about a person and you might make a connection. And then the attraction comes a little bit later sometimes. Yeah. What was interesting, you mentioned how they all fell for the same person. And they fell for the same person because he was the cheekiest with the best yep. sense of humour. He wasn't afraid to say what he came out of his mouth. That's why they liked him. And then they got to bond with him quite deeply. And it turned out, despite his cockiness and his arrogance that came across, he was actually very yep. shy. And he wasn't successful with women in real life. Good-looking guy, very successful job, cared about people. And he was willing to compromise on things like money at the end of this. And he met someone that he was just attracted to. And they had such a great bond. And I, I love that. It just shows, I wish I'd seen your blindfold dating event. That sounds great fun. You should do another one. Yeah, so we, it was so successful before and it, it was literally just before the pandemic. So then after the pandemic, we had so many COVID rules in place and obviously we had to have about four hosts yeah. working to navigate everyone around because people were walking into tables and, you know, <laughs> but yeah, now COVID sort of restrictions have lifted and everything i would definitely look at doing it again because it was just amazing to watch the connections people made when you took away the visual aspect of it and people really listened to what they were saying yeah. to each other i can imagine you know the opposite of this some people in the past have done something called eye gazing you must have I heard of eye gazing where you sit there 
No, you sit there, st- you stare at each other's eyes for three minutes. You wow. don't talk. You just stare into each other's eyes. And of course, you laugh to start when you feel uncomfortable, but then people can really, really bond because the eyes are the window to the soul. And I've seen people really, really connect by doing this as an experiment because you, you start to understand each other and you just start to breathe together and you become one after three or four minutes. It's a fantastic experiment. There should be more experiments in this, just scientific experiments to see what happens. And the, things like pheromone dating where you smell each other's underwear. <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> Not underwear, T-shirts, um, I should say. <laughs> I haven't heard of that, you know. I'll have to read up about that because that really interests no. me. Stargazing. Eye-gazing, so it's Eye-gazing. Stargazing. It used to be a company that did these events years ago. <laughs> stargazing, that would be great. Go and stare at the stars. You can't do that, that in good. London. But it was, it was eye-gazing. If you go up on some of the places, you can see it. With a telescope, maybe. You're right, there's so much light pollution in London. I'm lucky I live just outside London now, and we've got amazing stars to look at. So my children stargaze, but I don't. Not that much. Back to the point, I think eye-gazing was really popular for a while. I'm sure in America they still do this, but it's a really brilliant experiment because people feel that bond, they feel the connection without saying a word. You're not judging them on that. You're just judging them on them staring yeah, into Yeah, I think there's so... Yeah, there's like so many TV, like dating TV shows now, and I'm sure we've spoken about most of them, but um, it's like love at first sight, getting married and never meeting someone. That absolutely blows my mind. I mean, some days I think, do you know what, I could maybe do that. And then others I just think, wow, you've got, you've got to have some real guts, haven't you, to commit to marriage to someone and never Dude. met them. But it'd be interesting to me how the psychologists pair them. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I almost did that show. Did you? <laughs> I almost did most of these shows. I did. I did. I almost did the show and also did some other shows as well. I'm not going to mention all the shows I haven't got in the end. So that's not a very, very positive way of doing this. But I, I was it explained to me how it all worked at the time. And they have lots of very, very serious matching. Although I think now the show's been dumbed down quite a bit since the original first few series of that show. In terms of Married at First Sight, for example, that one's been dumbed down. Love is Blind is the same sort of format. They end up getting married. But... I think they know, you know the, the way that works is, you know, towards the end of it, they go up to the altar and they say, I do, or they say, I don't. But I think they know, the producers know who's going to say what at that point. And it is a real wedding and the producers pay for it. And also in other shows like that, they do pay for it. But I think you have to be really, not just confident, but wanting to be on TV and put yourself out there in the media if you want to go on these shows. Because everyone's going to pick you apart. Love is Blind, one of the characters on that, she was the most hated reality TV star ever. She's just got engaged. Remember Jessica? She's found love and got engaged. Yeah, she seems very happy now, but she was very hated. She does. She was, but for what reason? Because she was being true to herself. And it turns out the guy that she was seeing was cheated all the time, cheating on her anyway during this and seeing multiple people. So the whole thing's fascinating. You can't trust people on reality TV shows, but I don't know. I think if you're willing to put yourself into anything... It just shows people are much more serious. People are wanting to find love and they will do all that it takes to do that, even if it risks a bit of embarrassment or rejection. What would you say makes a successful, like, compatible couple? Compromise. Mm. That's what happens. Because you've got things in common. Settling, no. I never allow settling, but compromise is very, very important. And a willingness to, to learn from each other and accept that we're all different. We've all got good points. We've all got flaws. And you embrace that. You embrace their flaws. Don't let it annoy you too much. And then you're willing to grow together. And also successful couples do something, even when they're married, they never stop dating. You always make time for each other, no matter what. Maybe just one date night a week, you have conversations and you keep growing. People that 
stagnate and get bored and don't express feelings and don't do things they want to do and make each other feel special, they're going to die off very early on and not last. Because they're going to need the, the ego validation for someone else. And they're going to look elsewhere and they're going to cheat and they're going to go onto dating apps. That's what happens. Never forget to make each other feel important because you are each other's special person. People that stay together just work, work on it the whole time because any sort of relationship isn't going to be easy all the time. There's ups and downs. And you survive through it and you come back stronger. I agree. I think compromise is a huge pillar of what a relationship should be based on. Because sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do. And you have to do them as though you're enjoying them. And I think that that's important that you do learn, you know, if your partner has a certain thing they love to do or a hobby, you know, do it with them sometimes, try it with them. And, you know, you have to put yourself out of your comfort zone and your boundaries sometimes in order to, you know, not all the time, but I think it's important to do things that the other person enjoys and you learn a new skill and, you know, you might not love it, but I think it's important to compromise on, on things. And also it's also important to give them yeah. space sometimes as well, rather than doing all their hobbies and spending all the time with them, give them the yeah. chance to miss you. If they miss you and do their own thing and they're going to want to come back and tell you all about it. If you're doing everything together 24-7, say that you work together. Many couples do work together in their own businesses. They get together, they spend the whole day together, spend the whole evening together. There's no chance to really talk about anything because they've done it all and lived through it. So have a little break. Go off and do something for a few hours. Get your own hobbies. Go for a walk and then come back. And you can 100%. Take and I think that goes back to, you know, making yourself happy being alone. I think, you know, I for one love my own space and my own time. And I often go and do things by myself and really enjoy it. And like you said, it is important to yeah. still find things that you love to do for yourself and continue that, that you don't lose yeah. yourself. Because I think that's the hardest thing when you come out of a relationship, sometimes when it breaks down and then you have to find yourself again. Whereas if you've kept your own routine and your own hobbies, I think it's easier to transition back into into other life because you've already got the skills to depend on yourself. I think that's important. Exactly. You've got to know your own hobbies know who you are as a person because you don't need someone to complete you or someone to find your other half you'll bring in something together you're learning from your partner or learning from other people you just add value to each other's lives you don't need someone for this to depend on the happiness like you said so yeah do your own thing and then do things together um a hundred percent i've just realized i was sat (laughs) in the dark (laughs) um but yes no i'm a hundred percent with you in that i think it's so important um to go through all of that motions together and find a way that you complement each other lovely okay james thank you so much for today i always love talking to you i think our values align very very well yes very much so thank you for having me well i'm sure we'll do this again very soon